doesn't have shit to connect to the actual laptop itself because they get you with gimmicks. Now that we're recording, will you do me a favor and bash Apple again so we can definitely never, ever make it as a podcast? Oh, sure. I was saying, Apple, I love you. You're great. You're wonderful. I own all of your products. Hello and welcome to Active Listeners with Mike and Shane. Each week we interview guests about their goals and expectations as artists, their artistic expression, and the all-around nature of the artist's lifestyle. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Is there a de facto artist lifestyle? Well, that's one of the things we try to uncover. Performers, visual artists, and musicians, Mike and I would like to talk to you about what you do, why you do it, and what that art means for your community. Please follow Active Listeners on Facebook or the Twitters and join in on the conversation. Peace. Welcome to Active Listeners. I'm Mike. And I'm still Shane every single time. Every single time. And and today we are going to sit down and have a conversation with a good friend of both Shane and mine, Kevin Escudero. Kevin is a New York, uh, well, technically New York native by way of Puerto Rico, currently living in (laughs) L.A., Kevin, how you doing? That was a lot. Good, how are you? All right, Kevin, go ahead and do us a favor. Introduce yourself. Uh, let us know your pronouns and then give us some sort of fact, fun fact, boring fact. I don't care. Just something about you. We miss you and we need to hear about everything. Start with a fact. Kevin Escudero, he, him. And fun fact, I know you too. <laughs> Not the band, the podcasters that I'm talking to right now. That's us, Mike. I, I come from Puerto Rico and I grew up in New York and now I reside in Los Angeles because that's where dreams happen. <laughs> How long did you live in Puerto Rico for before you moved to New York? Seven, eight years, seven or eight, seven and a half, I want to say. Yeah, because tur- my, eighth, my eighth birthday, it was in New York. It was a Power Rangers birthday cake. Seven and a half years. That's how I remember my birthdays. Which Power Ranger? Come on. The White Ranger, because he was the popular one at the time. And I wanted to be Tommy because everybody knew Tommy and Kimberly were a thing. (laughs) And Kevin is also an actor. However, Kevin has gone the way of the camera. And (laughs) I know to think we started with him on the stage so long ago. We did. We started with him on the stage so long ago. I actually went to high school with Kevin. Lucky. And then he went to SCCC with both of us. So Kevin, talk a little bit about what it was like all those years ago, moving to the the Golden City. (laughs) Well, it was actually pretty scary. I... (laughs) Prior to moving to Los Angeles, I've been talking about it for, I don't know, how many years, guys? I'm going to move to Los Angeles eventually. So a lot of years. So many years. Most of my uh, community college years, my actual like undergrad years at St. Rose, it was all like my goal has always been to move to Los Angeles. Even when I was a kid, like I never understood why we went from a tropical, sunny island to <laughs> the tundra that is connected in New Upstate York. Upstate New York. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, what is this? Why are we freezing? Like, Los Angeles was <laughs> right there. We could have gone there instead. So I finally pulled the plug. Um, I got my degree because that's important, I guess. No, it's not. Don't lie to our audience. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. <laughs> um, especially for film. Like, hello. 
Anyway, <laughs> so I was like, you know, I've always said that I'm going to move out here. I have enough money saved. And I was working at Lunch Crafters and one of the co-workers pushed me over the edge. And he was like, oh, you're actually never going to do it. And I was like, you know what? Screw it. And like right there on the clock, sorry, Lunch Crafters, <laughs> <laughs> took out my cell phone. I bought a one-way ticket, non-refundable through Southwest to Los Angeles. And I said, I can't go back now. I can't get that money back. So I'm doing it. So yeah, it was pretty, pretty weird, like those few weeks between when I bought the ticket and when I actually left, because it was like, you know how those cheesy moments in movie in TV shows when they don't have a plot for an episode, they just go down memory lane. <laughs> My least favorite episode in every series ever. Right? In every series. And and the longer they they are on air, the more episodes of those that they have. But that was <laughs> pretty much like what I felt because I was like, oh my God, I'm going to actually miss this place. I remember coming here and I'm like, what the hell is going on in my head? Like, why are you narrating yourself? And then I moved out here and like, it was, it was surreal. Like it, I, not to like sugarcoat it. It was actually like really scary the first two years almost depressing scary and like you guys know me I've never been like the depressive type but it was just like such a homesickness because like everything out here is just like cement and you try to connect with people and everyone's out for themselves and you learn that you have to be that way and I hate it I hate that part completely but it was like interesting like moving out here and like just feeling the different vibe from small town to like big city you know I knew where to go in Schenectady. I knew my roads. Like, I like. oh, this is where I go with this. This is where I go that. Gasoline's cheap here. I can meet my friends here. We're fucking high as hell. Let's go to Denny's here. <laughs> <laughs> and out here, it was like, it was like really hard trying to connect to people, even people at work. Like everyone like, had their own agenda. And so like, it was just like such a weird I guess you could say cultural change because like it, it, that's, that's, that's how it feels like it's a, it's a specific culture out here where like, if you live in Los Angeles, you either are smooching up because you want to get somewhere with someone or you are the one being smooched on. So you're like, uh, work as hard as you want. You're never going to. And I'm like, I, I feel like one of those stupid rom-coms. Hello. Your audio shifted again. Oh, sorry. I didn't know where to place myself. So I finally ended up like making a friend through Lenscrafters. And I'm like, oh my God, I made a friend out here. I'm not alone. So it was like really, really interesting. And then acting took like a backseat almost immediately after moving here because of the cost of living change. Like I came out here with a hefty amount of money. Like I, I, I don't know if you guys remember Jason Colon. Yeah. Um, when he, when he and I talked about like me moving out here way back then, he was like, you got to have at least $7,000 saved up. And I was like, okay, $7,000 is the bare minimum I need to save up. And I think I ended up saving like $10,000, just $10,000. I was like, that should help me for at least the first year living out in Los Angeles, not having to worry about work. I transferred lens crafters just to make sure that I still had some money coming in. I wasn't like just draining money and not having and then all of a sudden like something like switched in my head where it was more like survival mode than like what I came out here for and so like I got drowned in the city for like the first three years that I lived out here four I've been out here for six so first four years 
so, so weird. Um, so it felt like I got like drowned out. Like I wasn't going out for auditions a lot. Um, and, and then when I did go to auditions, it was like, how many Instagram followers do you have? And I'm like, I prepared a monologue. <laughs> Did you want to see me act that out? And they're like, yeah, yeah, we'll get to that. But we just need to know how many Instagram followers you have. And I'm like, 200, maybe friends and family. They're like, oh, we're looking for like 10,000 followers for this film. And I'm like, what? Wow. I don't think I would ever be able to make it in los angeles i know this is a kevin interview but like mike where do you fall on that because i just oh man he i remember i don't know i have 200 followers as well i don't know <laughs> yeah i remember having this conversation with kevin when he was like kind of telling me he came home and we were like talking about it for like mm -hmm. holidays or whatever and like i was just like gobsmacked i was like oh my god like that is like and it like makes so much sense too because i don't know it's like the mid you know 2010s and like, this is when like, it was the reality stars and mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And it was like, kind of like this weird world of like, yeah, like fame. Is it still like that? Famous for being famous. So yeah, I don't, I wouldn't be able to do it either. I shit. Yeah. I mean, that's why I didn't go out there or to New York City. Well, I mean, I came out here with like the traditional concept of what like an actor is, you know, like you do the training, yeah, we'll talk about that because you started on stage. Like, yeah, exactly. Did you always want to be on film or? Oh, yeah. Okay, so every time we acted with you on stage, you had better things on your mind. Gotcha. No, it's okay. <laughs> okay. Exactly. No, no, no. I mean, I've always wanted to be a, a TV movie actor. Uh, not movies for TV, but TV slash movies. I've always been fascinated by it. I, uh, I don't know if I ever told uh, you guys this, but like what got me, which is such a ridiculous movie to get you into the world of Hollywood, what got me the acting bug for Hollywood <laughs> was this really, really, really cheesy movie about a sea lion named Andre. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> okay. I actually think I know what film you're yeah, talking yeah. about. Yeah, so I watched that movie in like a drive-through back in Puerto Rico for like the first time ever. And I was just so fascinated the fact that you can act with animals in a film and like, they respond to you and i was like this is so cool i want to be in movies with a sea line for crying out loud. i want to be that act <laughs> i want to be that person i was like what do i have to do and ever since then like every time i watch movies i'm like this is so amazing this is exactly like this is what i want to do and then it wasn't until um middle school going into high school we had like a counselor come to our class and like take us out one by one to like talk to us about like what we wanted our high school experience to be and like what classes we wanted to take or like if we had like an idea of what our career goals were that set for us. I'm like, oh, I want to be an actor. <laughs> I was like, I want to, I want to do acting. I saw that Scanathity High School has like an acting class. I want to take that. And that was like the first time that I saw an opportunity to start trying to like be in this field because like I didn't we my family doesn't know anything about Hollywood or acting or anything like that like so I t I was like yes I want to do that and it was with Tim Dugan our, our our teacher at that point I was a nervous wreck I was like what is this sensation but in the back of my head like every time I would go into class and be on stage 
at the black box. I know this is acting, but this isn't, this isn't what I pictured acting would be. Like, I want the cameras. I want the lights. I want the guy yelling action. I, I, I want a co-star that I'm doing a scene with. I want those close-ups. I was like, this is, these are the movies that I've seen growing up. This is what I want. And I was like, I, I wasn't prepared for like live audience. Like I wasn't prepared to like perform for people in front of me. And I think Mr. Dugan, Tim, noticed that because he always pushed me like right at the beginning of the class. He'd be like, okay, Kevin, you're up. Okay, Kevin, do this. Kevin, I'm going to give you this. And like, it was to get me out of this like comfort zone that I had. So I appreciated theater, but like in the back of my head, you know, every play that I did in high school, every play that I did in college and after, I always had in my head, like, I enjoy the fact that I'm acting, but it, this is still not what I want to do for the rest of my life. I, you know, saw Broadway plays and I was like, I'm fascinated by what these people are doing with the technicality of it all. And like having to do this live and not being able to like hit cut and like redo the scene again, cause it's wrong. You know, there's no pause, which has been like the biggest pro and con for me, I think in theater. It's like, if someone messes up their line in my head, I'm like fuming because I'm like, oh, you, I missed my cue or I missed my line or fistula, my Lord, when that thing happened. In- <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, like in my head, I'm like, this is where we need to cut. This is where we need to do the reshoot. Like this needs to be perfect. No reshoots. But at the same time, like I started learning like, the adrenaline of it and I liked it. But in my in the back of my head, it's always been like film and TV. And like when I moved out here and I'm like, okay, you know, start saying headshots and resumes, um, seeking out auditions and like getting that feedback where it's like, oh, you need Instagram followers. I was like, what the hell? The theater that I grew up in, it was never about how many likes you had. It was about like, get on stage. Can you perform? If so, we have a role for you if possible. And it's like they didn't like the the first two auditions that I had out here, which were like a year apart from each other, they didn't even like see if I actually had the skill to portray the characters. It was all about like how many Instagram followers you have. Was that really discouraging? It was insanely discouraging because I was like, I worked my ass off since ninth grade, which was at this point, what, 10 years ago at that point? You don't have to age yourself. It's okay. <laughs> oh, I'm fine. I'm Jesus' age. I'm 33. It's fine. <laughs> oh, yeah. Recent happy birthday. Thank you. But it was like really discouraging because I was like, you know, all my life, well, most of my life, my, my adult life at least, I've worked really hard to like learn new skills on how to be an actor and how to portray characters and like you know took the classes and fed off of other actors and did so many shows only to come to Hollywood prepared like I've been molded to like be this type of actor and then all of a sudden I go into an audition and it's yeah you probably have everything we want in the actor to portray this role except the number on your Instagram handle that says hey I'm this popular. When the hell did it become a popularity contest instead of a skill contest? So then that threw me off. And I was like, let me take a step back. Let me see how I can build my personality, which clearly from my Instagram, I have not. Okay. How, <laughs> how, how many followers do you have now? It's going to pull it up. 291. So needless to say, you didn't 
you didn't get that 10,000 followers they were looking for. No, no, I have not. And like, I've talked to people like working in the optical, like I've met a lot of actors who are like currently in SAG and like they're, they're, they're doing the work and I'm like, okay, I'm SAG eligible. Like, should I just pay the fee and then hopefully something comes off it? And it's always like a polar opposite answer. Like you have some actors who are like, yeah, pay the fee, get a manager, book those roles. And then I have other people who are like, nah, don't do it. Because if a director wants to work with you and it's a SAG film, they'll waive it and you become a SAG member at that point. So you don't have to pay the $3,000. Get your name out there first. And I'm like, okay, so how do I get my name out there? And they're like, well, you have to build this personality on social media, Twitter, Instagram, now TikTok, which I still don't understand. We can, we can teach you. We can give you a, a, a rundown on TikTok. Yeah, yeah Mike and I I've do. I've seen yours. I've seen your TikToks. <laughs> and I was like, what the hell? I was like, how am I so far behind on this technological advanced <laughs> Vimeo thing? Vimeo is old. <laughs> I know, but this, that's what TikTok is. It's just like 30 seconds to a minute clip of you doing- Oh, you mean Vines. <laughs> Vines, yeah, those, those, those Vimeos. <sighs> There's so many of them. <laughs> and so like, I've talked to like people and they're like, you got to come up with a brand. If it's fashion, then every post has to have some clothing in it. You don't have to buy the clothes. You just go to guests, try on the clothes, take a photo and then say, look at me now or something, something stupid to capture and, and hashtag clothes, Armani, whatever, even if you're not wearing it. <laughs> if it's food that you want to like be represented by, then you know a lot of your pictures have to have like meals in it. If it's um, athleticism, like fitness, then, you know, gym pictures, whether like you're sweating your ass off or like personal records. And I'm like, I'm a nerd. That's a brand. And I was like, and they're like, oh yeah, that's totally a brand. And so like, I had this one girl look at my Instagram and she goes, okay, this is not a nerd. You just like Spider-Man. <laughs> and I'm like, well, yeah, that's my, that's my thing. And I was like, that's my handle. Like my hand, my name on Instagram is Spider-Man related. And she goes, you got to change that too. You have to put your name. And I'm like, why? Kevin Escudero, what personality does that give off? I was like, at least with Spidey Sense, like, you know, like, that's a nerd. That guy definitely like grew up reading comic books. That, that's a nerd right over there. And like most of my photos, like you can see it has some sort of like comic booky, nerdy type of pose, but it's not getting me anywhere <laughs> at all. <laughs> And I'm like, I don't want to change my personality online because like, that's not my authentic self. And I'm like, if, and in my head, I'm like, if I have to fake myself to sell myself, then at what point does my authentic self come out? You know, and you hear the stories, you know, like, you know, getting big to your head or like a lot of the drug issues with a lot of Hollywood actors and like missing who their hum humanity is. I was like, I don't want to lose myself just because I'm trying to get this career going. I was like, I want the career to be about me because of me, not about me because I change everything online about me to sell a product. Like, I don't want to be the product that's cheap. I want to be my authentic product self, you know, prior to pandemic 20, 2019, I started like putting myself out there more, um, auditioning online a lot more. And I ended up booking three things two were short film 
And then one was like a documentary that they, that a friend from college wanted me to narrate. And I'm like, oh, what is it about? He's like, oh, it's about immigration. I'm working with like this uh, Canadian company that's really big out here. They're going to fly me out to California. We're going to work together. We're going to shoot some scenes. And I want you to, uh, I want to use your Spanish and your English. Like I want to use it all. I'm like, okay, cool. And then the pandemic happened and almost all of it just went away. And I'm like, just when I finally started climbing that hill, that damn mountain, that's Hollywood. And all of this shut down. I'm like, God damn it. I was like, now I have to start from scratch again. And then I ended up filming that short film, um, which I'm super excited about. I don't know when it's going to come out. They're still like um, in post-production. So you filmed it already? Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I filmed it. Thankfully, I I filmed it back in August. And it felt so good to be in front of the camera again. And I was like, oh, my God, this like I missed this. Like it was like a whole long day of just sweating balls because we were in this storage facility for airplanes yeah like they this specific place it has like different types of uh airplane model insides for people to film inside an airplane oh okay yeah like like a like a like a hangar like a uh, yeah like a sound stage with with yeah uh, Set. But it wasn't like, it, yeah, but it wasn't like a, like a, like a, like the soundstage that I've, it literally looked like, it just looks like a storage facility. Mm-hmm. Like there's three airplanes, all different models. And then there's a whole bunch of like scene shop type of things around it. And then there's like an office in front. And I'm like, this is not a soundstage that I'm like familiar with. I was like, but that was so cool. I was like, I got to be like on set. I got to be in costume. It was like super amazing. And so I made connections with the director and like, he sent me like some stuff, like he's working on like two more projects. And I'm like, look, I would love to be a part of it. And he's like, yeah, like, let's, let's keep talking. So he has like me reading all these books and like these screenplays. Like, I want your ideas. I want you to be like involved with it. And I'm like, oh, finally I made like a connection. And like, then I had like family and friends ask me like, oh, are you getting paid? Like, when is this coming? I'm like, no, no, no. I don't care if I get paid for this because at least I've made a connection with someone in the industry who may possibly open doors for me. I was like, I, this is what I've been working for like the past six years that I've been out here in California is to get those connections. And I finally got it. I'm finally at a place where like, I'm at peace with the move itself. Like for the longest time, it was like a struggle of like, did I make the right choice? Like leaving my friends and family behind to move to California on my own and pursue this career. Like, is it even viable? I mean, I've even like missed theater at this point. Like I was like, I'm not acting at all. Like I, it just, I don't, it just felt like something inside me had like turned off and like, I tried to like ignite it on and like it wouldn't cause like the ignition broke or something or the alternator broke in the car. <laughs> no, you're not ready. And like, so, you know, meeting this person like finally helped me like reignite that passion for it. And I'm like, okay, I came out here for a reason. Like, this is what I want to do. And then I started doing like background acting and I'm like, yeah, this is like my happiest place. I'm not earning as much as I earn with my day job. I was like, but I don't care because like I'm where I want to be. Once the pandemic started loosening up and people started opening up their shops and stuff like that, like this place asked me if I wanted to work with them. And I was like, yeah, but here's my condition. If I have to leave a day for auditions, I have to leave that day. This is no longer a situation where like I break my back to build your company, I have to look out for myself. So I'll work for you and you'll pay me, 
but if I have to leave a day or if I have to leave a week, or if I have to like do something for acting, you either have to accept that. And I come back to work or you don't have to accept that. And I don't come back to work. I was like, but I have to start putting like myself first. I was like, because I put myself second for Los Angeles for the longest time to survive. And now I need to figure out like what I want to do. And this is not it. Like optical is not it. And they're like, no, that's fine. You know, we'll work with you. Like if you need to leave a day, leave the day. If you need to go to audition, if you need to come in late because of acting, we're fine with that. I'm like, oh, thank God. I found a company that's actually like willing to work that route. Hmm. But yeah, so ever since I started working with them, like no one's called me. And I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> my, my friend now who directed the film, I was like, what's going on? Like, he's like, oh, you know, things are slowly picking up. Like everything from like 2020 that was supposed to be filmed is now being pushed and we're filming it now. And we're trying to create like all these productions. Which you would almost think would there would be like an overflow of work at that point because everything that didn't get filmed has been pushed and now everything you would think is being like double booked, double time to catch up. Exactly. That's my thought. But because there's restrictions on COVID testing and like vaccinations, they can't do as much work as they want to. So they have to like start and stop, start and stop, start and stop. So it's actually pushing everything further and further out and I'm like god damn it and I was like at this point I'm like I am going to be the selfish person and say those who don't want to be vaccinated put them on a damn island somewhere in the <laughs> Australia those motherfuckers not no Australia's I think doing well I was like, but I'm just trying to like I don't think Australia is doing well right now <laughs> it's not I don't think so I think there's huge protests right now I know this is way off topic but <laughs> I've been totally in topic. I mean, we're doing protests. Well, I don't know if we call it protests, what you're doing out here. All right. Well, here's the thing. I want to hear, I want to hear non-spoilers about the movie you're doing and about protests. I always want to fucking hear about protests. How are you fighting the man? Tell me (laughs) always. Um, No, I'm not, I'm not fighting the man too much. I've had conversations with like my friends about like diversity and allyship and we've gotten to heated arguments about it. Like not, not to say like they're not understanding, but like one of the conversations like we had, uh, he was like, you know, I'm an ally, I'm an ally. And I'm like, yeah, you can be an ally. But in this situation as an ally, you need to shut up. <laughs> Word. I was like, he's like, oh, you know, but I'm trying to understand, you know, I was like, I understand this. I was like, but my reality and your reality are different. I may not look like the most Hispanic guy in the world, Latino, I don't have the accent. I don't have the dark skin color. I don't have the Afro hair. I was like, but growing up Latino in a community like the one I grew up, I had my safe moments, but I also had my moments that weren't so safe. I was like, so yes, I thank you 120,000%. Thank you for being an ally and being there with me. But the point of being an ally is that you don't get to voice your opinion right now. You get to support my opinion. And like he, like, it took a while for him to understand. And I was like, look, my struggles are my struggles. I was like, so if my worldview right now is, you know, so-and-so are bad people with badges, you can't come in and say, well, let me defend these so-and-so people with badges because that's not the reality that I'm living in. You know, and I was like, you know, and, you know, I brought you up, Mike, you know, it's like my best friend back home, 
that's not the reality that he gets to live in either. I was like, so by you saying you're an ally, but defending these situations, you're not really being an ally. You're being a centrist at this point. You know, you understand both sides, but that's not what I need right now. If you're going to be on my side, you need to be 100% on my side, not on my side and say, oh, well, this hasn't happened to me. I'm like, great, that hasn't happened to you, but your skin is white. So, of course, it's not going to happen to you. So, yeah, you're in the belly of the beast right now in terms of like this whole at least on the on the side of film and, and TV. So mm-hmm. how have we found, I know post-COVID, it's kind of difficult getting back into things. Yeah. But what, do, what postings are you seeing? What, you know, what, what, uh, what are they looking for right now? Um, so they're not looking for Hispanics, <laughs> 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 which is, you know, just part of, of like the Hollywood crap. They're, they're trying to do the inclusion thing, but they're doing it based on how... What's trending? Yes. I didn't want to say it that way, but yes. No, you can say it that way. It's, that's, I mean, that's what it is. When Black Panther came out, you know, a lot of minority roles were African-American. And I'm like, okay, you can just say Black. <laughs> For real. I don't, I don't know anyone who uses African-American anymore. It's, it's Black. You're Black. Mm-hmm. You know? And now it's like, oh for like one of the apps that I'm on, I put specifically just the age range because if I put like Hispanic or Caucasian, then I'm only going to get Hispanic and Caucasian uh, roles. And I'm like, oh, there's another role, Bill, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, Bill, what's what's about him? So I open it up and I look it up and the first thing that says, we're looking uh, for someone to portray Bill and then parentheses, AAPI. And I'm like, mm. Why? Like, why? And they're like, oh, we want to, like, uh, do the voices for, for Asian Americans. And I'm like, you can't pick and choose what minority you want to represent right now. And so that's, like, one of the conversations that I've had with, like, the director. It's like, I, I want to play roles that put Hispanics in a positive light. I was like, I'm tired of us being the drug lords or the drug cartel or the rapists or the murderers or the thieves or the cholos with the big shorts and the baggy plaid shirts with the tattoos all over. I was like, I, people just like they did with like black people where they were the thugs and now they're going out of that mindset because we're more than just a stereotype. I was like, that's what I want to bring to Hollywood. I'm, I want to be able to change their viewpoints on like Latinos. You don't want to be the next uh, Noel Guglielmi? Who? Noel Guglielmi. He's played like a million characters named Hector. I even think about Ant-Man that just came out. I mean, not recently, but relatively recently. And even the uh, main character, the main Hispanic character in that is pretty stereotypical in his betrayal. Also the black guy in it. (laughs) Yeah. But it's just like, it's just frustrating because like, I, I, I want to change so much and like the door is not opened for my people yet. Oh, you didn't get that into the Heights uh, audition? I actually did. I actually did audition. <laughs> yeah, I did audition for it. Cause it was like, there was like an online thing for in the Heights because they were trying to find unknown actors or actors mm-hmm. who weren't relatively known in Hollywood. And then you can see that in the film, a lot of those people like weren't really known. 
but I did audition for that. I apologized in the music video because I didn't <laughs> because they were asking for people to rap, and I'm like, I don't know how to rap at all. I, I can't <laughs> do it. So I just sang like a Spanish ballad in Spanish. Now you have to know how to rap if you're going to work with Lin Manuel. I was like, let me audition for this. This is gonna like even at the audition, I was like, oh my god, this is gonna be amazing because this is gonna be a Latino centric film and I loved it I mean you guys saw my post about the people hating on it I I loved it because it started opening up the door and it closed it real quick because it didn't make enough money for Hollywood mm. damn it and I was like we needed this to open up that window that that small cre crease in the window we needed it so we can put our fingers through it and open it up ourselves but it's like that's that's how it is now. I mean, look at look at Shang-Chi. Like Shang-Chi now is a insane hit. No, it's become a big hit. But it's like now all like a thing. lot of the roles are like gonna be determined by who Shang-Chi's character is. Because Hollywood will try to replicate that. And I'm like, there's so many characters out there that people can play. Like it just it's just frustrating. There's a lot of roles that I've declined to audition for because of the stereotype like i read the synopsis of the character synopsis and i'm like this is not for me i was like i i kudos to whoever plays this role but i i don't want to play this role like i don't want to be that character because i don't want my face to be recognized as that gentleman that you talked about where he always plays hector the cholo guy <laughs> i don't want to be that guy you don't particularly read as Cholo either, so. <laughs> I, I'm the Cholo that never was. <laughs> like, I've seen you wear plaid. You just look like you should be on the front of, like, a magazine. Abercrombie and Fitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, so, like, it's just, it's just, like, really frustrating. And, and it's, like. It's, like, everybody has to wait their turn. Yeah. You and know what I mean? Yeah. To, and I'm, like. Sorry, Shane. When's the white man gonna wait their turn? <laughs> what point? And I, and I hate that it, it's become a race battle in Hollywood, and and like it sounds not moralistic to say when is something bad gonna happen in the real world to a specific culture for Hollywood to be like, let's acknowledge it by making good films in a positive light for that culture. Mm -hmm. And it's like, we shouldn't have to wait for that. It should be come to the point where like, we are advancing, not catching up. And we need a, know, we need a Latino president. That's, that's when it'll happen. It'll, that'll open the that's door. That's when it happened for us, Kevin. Everything got better when we got a black president, Kevin. I know, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure Obama cured racism. Yeah. Yeah, he did. He did. Obama did everything. But yeah, so like, it's just, it's just like really frustrating because like there, there's so many things that I want to do. I mean, you guys know my number one role that I've always wanted to play is Spider-Man 2019. Exactly. Miguel O'Hara. I have like this inkling in my stomach that Sony's going to hire a white man to play that role uh, because yeah. a tan white dude. He's half Hispanic, half Irish. And I'm like, they're just going to do a he's just Irish. And then he's going to say mommy once. And that's the Hispanic side of him. And I'm like, I I'm waiting for that moment for me to watch in theaters, 
Spider-Man 2099 be butchered by a white man. And I'm just going to be sitting there in the audience saying, fuck. Well, think about it this way too. Like who else would play it? And the reason why, and either an unknown or like who else? Mm -hmm. And how sad is it that like Oscar Isaacs is like the only guy I can think of. And he's playing Moon Knight. So like he can't do it. <laughs> like it's so crazy that you say that because <laughs> that's exactly the conversation that I had with one of my friends. I appreciate Lynn Manuel uh, Lynn Manuel Miranda, but is he the only Hispanic person that Hollywood knows? Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Hamilton in the Heights, Vivo, Encanto, Moana. Like all these movies about tropical things are one man. And I'm like, Hollywood, like, just open the door for me. I can be your number two Hispanic. Like, what the <laughs> And I'm like, I was like, I appreciate Lin-Manuel Miranda. He's literally carrying the Hispanic culture on his back in Hollywood right now. And man, is it embarrassing for Hollywood because is. Lynn is just doing it because he loves it and wants to be a part of the community. Yep. But they're just taking advantage of him every step of the way yeah and, and it's like i just i just don't get it i was like and then like if you i look back at movies and that's you know j-lo is j-lo we all know but and just looking back at those movies and i'm like even j-lo herself in the movies wasn't really hispanic in the films she was mm-hmm. from the bronx i'll give you mm-hmm. that but it's never been like, like Geely was like the closest yeah exactly <laughs> look how that turned out wait for the sequel now that they're back together but it's just like, it, it's just so heartbreaking. Even like watching like the MCU, uh, I could talk to my friend out here who I was like, look, as soon as I get my SAG membership, you have to be my talent manager. I was like, because if I'm going to be all talk about, I want Hispanic inclusion, I want my team to be Hispanic. I don't want all these other types. I want Hispanic, 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 because if I'm going to be a boulder in Hollywood, I have to be as big as possible. And I told her, I was like, you know, we love the MCU. We talk about how they're starting to be diversified back from, you know, Black Panther. I was like, can you name me a Hispanic Marvel superhero that's in the MCU? I've only got one for you, and he's in DC. <laughs> Who, Jamie? Yeah. And he's that's coming it. out with his own t- He's coming out with his own movie. Yeah, yeah. Also, when can we just move away from yes all of the comic book characters are white they were written in the 50s they're all gonna fucking be white can we just stop pretending that's a canon we have to acknowledge anymore Mm. um i would ask zendaya the hoops they've had to jump through with her character yeah i mean look at at so much that she got because she was black playing nj who's canon a white redhead and it's like sure yes because there were specific colors that worked better in comic book development in the 60s when spider-man came out like that's why there's so many redheads that exactly there's so many redheads Uh, all the superheroes have blue eyes in the comics because Mm -hmm. there were just things that vibrated better in 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 paper well they used to get they also used to get charged per color Yep. So if your superhero oh, was a red superhero, look at this. And whenever you're looking at superhero colors, the characters that have red in their costumes are with red haired women because it's another color that they didn't have to pay for. Wow. Way to blow my mind. <laughs> Spider-Man, 
Daredevil, uh, Electra, her whole costume was red. The Flash, uh, all these characters, all these characters that have red in their suits had red-haired love interests. Mm-hmm. Who would have thought it was a fiscal decision? That's all. That's all it was. But yeah, so like I was, I asked her, I was like, can you name me an MCU Hispanic superhero? And she's like, I can. I was like, exactly. And then we got Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And they introduced Torres. And I was mm-hmm. like, holy shit, we're finally going to get it. Our first on-screen actual Hispanic superhero. And they got so close. <laughs> and they gave him three scenes in the first episode a scene in the second, a phone call in the third off screen, a text message in the fifth episode, and then in the last episode, a silent cameo, him holding the wings. And I'm like, mother! I was like, why did you not get this? I really remember him being a highlight of that show as well. Like, the few moments he was there, I was like... He was like, delightful on screen. He was, yeah. yeah, he was great on screen. So good. I, I, I messaged him on Instagram nice. right away. I was like, dude, I'm so happy you're in it. You're finally representing something that hasn't happened in the MCU, and it's the first Hispanic superhero. I was like, I hope you get the suit for Captain America 4 whenever they decide to make that. This was before even Captain America 4 was greenlit. I was like, I hope you come in and I hope they give you a suit. I hope you represent this. And then the Eternals trailer came out and I'm like, okay, Salma Hayek, Hispanic actor. I was like, but Ajax, Ajax, the character itself, doesn't really have a heritage behind them that's earthly. And I'm like, so yes, props, you hired a Hispanic actor, but there's no Hispanic representation culturally wise. Hopefully they'll change my mind in the film, but so far she's wearing a cowboy suit and I don't know if she like runs a ranch with Sam Elliott. I don't, I don't know. (laughs) I hope she runs a ranch with Sam Elliott. That's the only thing that can make that lineup better is if Sam Elliott was in it. Comes in. Oh man, can you just imagine (laughs) Sam Elliott with his mustache? I would be, I would die laughing out loud at theaters. Just watch. (laughs) But yeah, so I was like, we're finally getting like in America, uh, Chavez is coming with uh, Doctor Strange and I'm like, slowly we're creeping in. I was like, but it it took Hispanic Supergirl. Yeah, for DC. Yeah, yeah. You know, but it took us what 12 years of MCU movies to get our first Hispanic-ish on a TV screen. Cause it's not even on the big screen yet. He was on the small screen. And then Salma Hayek will be the first Hispanic actor on the big screen for the MCU. And it's like we have to wait so many years. And I was like, we didn't need to do this. She's also, I think she's also got Middle Eastern heritage and will be the first Middle Eastern character uh, that isn't playing a villain. Nice. Yes. I mean, it's because people are constantly fighting these like droves of trolls online who constantly bash anyone that doesn't look like them that's on screen. Any entertainment that isn't directed at them specifically all of a sudden has no merit. I think they've started to learn their lesson because what happened with Brie Larson, like she got trashed by the loudest people online, right? Like they hated her movie. They started petitions for Marvel to fire her, like ridiculous. And Marvel was like, she wasn't no, that bad. Like she wasn't bad at all. Like the movie was predictable in a lot of ways, but it wasn't because of Brie Larson. Yeah, exactly. 
So yeah, I think, I hope, and I think, especially with Shang-Chi's success. But success on a smaller budget. And that's what gets me. It was like, here, we don't really trust you. Prove yourself. And then all will be forgiven. I also think there was like a Hollywood sweetheart situation going on with her too. Like with Brie? Yeah. And she's not necessarily the first act actor to come to my mind when I think of someone to play that she part. She wasn't not to play Captain Marvel, but yeah. you know, I I appreciate and I think what, what got her was her feminism stance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that kind of goes back to the the personalities thing, right? Yep. But that, you know, Disney, they have to kind of go for both. Yep. But, you know, I appreciate everything she's done. I mean, she stood her ground. She's like, you can hate me all you want. I signed the contract already. I'm it, bitches. Like, <laughs> whatever. Get in mind. The, the, when the first trailer or the first poster came out and, and people like started bashing her because she wasn't smiling enough, you know, Brie Larson needs to smile more as Captain Marvel. My favorite thing she did was that she photoshopped all the uh, Marvel men in their posters and put a smile over their faces. And she was like, is this, is this what you mean? And I was like, yes, thank you. This is exactly what I, this is exactly what I expected Captain Marvel to be. Like, she's like, oh, I'm, you throw a punch, I'm gonna throw a punch. She's not even like a smiley character. Like what are no. we basing like this criticism on? Like she's a woman, material? that's the criticism. She's a, woman. <laughs> a woman needs to smile, like. Yeah, like she's kind of notably like a buzzkill. Yeah. Like Civil War II happens because of her. <laughs> like, like, I don't know. I mean, it's just, it's just, but that's just like how Hollywood, you know, has programmed us, you know? It's always been, I mean, even MCU itself is a formula, but like Hollywood itself has always had the formula of what a male is supposed to do and what a female is supposed to do in films. And then you have someone like Brie Larson who's going against the stereotype of what a Hollywood female is supposed to do in her film. Sure. People are going to get like mad at it. And it's just like, we've been conditioned so much for so long that now that we are trying to uncondition everyone, people are like, no, I want to stay conditioned. I want to stay in the bubble. Leave me in the matrix. Like, don't talk to me. <laughs> and it's like, no, you have to understand this is, this is the real world. And like, it's a struggle. I mean, Hollywood is nothing but a struggle. And every day I wake up and I'm like, all right, let's go out there again. Let's, let's try let's our do best. It again. Yeah. What, I mean, what are you, I mean, we still have a couple minutes to chat most certainly, but like, what are you doing now? What are you, what are you actively working on? What are you working? I, I've, you've talked about what you're working towards, which sounds fantastic, but what do you, you know, what are you currently doing? What's your, what's your art like right now? My art right now is bleak. I I'm working. I am just talking to, like I said, the, the one director trying to like, just make sure that I have an established connection, even if it's just one person, because at least that one person, I know I can count on, you know, I know that I can go to him for advice or for like auditions. Like that's like my life best, I guess. I'm still auditioning on backstages. I think it's called the app. Yeah. Backstages, you know, I do on online auditions. And I'm trying to get into voice acting just because I want to expand myself if, if nothing happens with Hollywood in the next two to three years because of the pandemic keeping backed up, you know, at least I can hopefully start voice acting like animation or video games, 
which have become amazingly cinematic. Like I haven't I hadn't played video games for a decade. They've definitely taken a turn and they have. I played the the Spider-Man when the Spider-Man game came out for the PS4. So good. I was it's like, so what good. the hell is this? I was like, I know I like it because it's Spider-Man, but like, what the hell is this? Like, this is amazing. Yeah, it's just like a 20-hour movie. It's just yeah. like they've just taken a movie and put a game. Yeah, it was so it. good. It made me cry. Like I like that scene at the end. I'm like, uh, um oh yeah, when he has to make the choice, it's like, excuse me. No, you don't have to make that choice, okay? Hit the button X. Get out of it. <laughs> yeah, it was really good. I was like, I, this is what video games are like now. Like, there's very, very little difference between video game animation and, like, actual movies. Like, Because they're live capturing the actors' faces. So you're still performing in front of a screen. They're just digitizing it for and a that's, game. And that's, like, one of the reasons why I want to get into voice acting, too. It's because, like, at least, like, with mocap, like, I mean, look at Andy Serkis. That's where he started. Mm-hmm. And look where he is now. And like Yuri Lorenthal, he's like one of the few actual video game voice artists that I know is because he voices Peter Parker. Oh, sure. And like, you know, I looked at like his career and like where he started, which is um, Naruto. He started in Naruto, I heard. And so like, it's just like, you know, another outlet to get into this industry that I'm trying to like break down the stereotypes of you could be the next the nothing well maybe not you could be the the latino sam witwer just being everything movies tv games do it all he's done like some like audiobooks <laughs> just do everything yeah just be a household name you know and that, and that's that's pretty much like where my focus is at now is like i still do auditions on on online and i try to do um background acting through central casting just to like be on set and be like, I'm home. You've got to have your your waivers by now, yeah? Oh yeah, I'm SAG eligible. Yeah. I just have to pay a fee. Sure. But like like I was saying earlier, like, hey, first of all, it's like $3,000. Yeah, it's a lot of money. But, you know, I still have like, you know, half those people telling me, oh, do it and doors will open. And then I have the other people who are like, no, don't do it because doors don't open that quickly and you're spending that much money for absolutely nothing go audition and if it's a sad movie they will pay for it it'll for happen if, or a tv show like they'll pay for mm-hmm. it right it's like a drop in the bucket to them so if i'm stuck in the middle like yeah if 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 it comes if i am financially stable which you know is any millennial financially stable <laughs> no you are when you give up on your dream kevin <laughs> sure i'll, I'll pay the three thousand dollars come and i'm like here's three thousand dollars i don't need them sure i'll pay for it but like so far, I've been able to at least audition and book some stuff without it. So I'll continue that route and voice acting too. see where that leads, if it leads anywhere and just see where the next five years in Los Angeles bring me. Nice. Do you still go by Escudero or did you did you create a film I name did, for yourself? I did. I it's, did. It's Gustavo. Okay, no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> dude, if you had not broke, I would have believed you 10,000. No, I still have. I still go by my name. I thought about changing at least my stage name um, to have my mom's last name. Because, you know, that's my mommy. Aww. But I've talked to her about it. And she's like, don't do it. Because 
given name. And I'm like, yeah, but that's your given name. Like, don't you want the credit? Like, this is because of you. You made this. Yeah. I was like, you supported me. You gave birth to me. You nourished me. She goes, no. Why don't you just use both? Bro, people already have a hard time saying Escudero. <laughs> I think it would be any easier adding a second Hispanic. <laughs> oh, my God. Please give us some mispronunciations of your uh, last name. Escudero, Escudero. Um, escargot I got once in six years. I don't know why. <laughs> Esquerdo is my favorite one. Esquerdo. Like, it's like a it's like a gringo. Like if it's the what? gringo pronunciation. Esquergo. Esquerdo. Yeah, but like in my head, I'm like, did you just literally in your head just shift the letter to make sense? Like <laughs> there's not even a Q in your last name. Like this. Move this D um, over here. This is fun. Yeah. Just for my, you know. American way of <laughs> saying your last name, and it's fine. But yeah, no, I haven't changed it. I I don't know if I'm going to. Maybe I'll be like Madonna and just go by Kevin. <laughs> what do you What are you in a uh, a minion? <laughs> I have the glasses. But yeah, I don't know. That that's always been a conversation in my head where it's like, because uh, like in my head I'm like, oh, do I want to be that person who changes his name? for film like and then i'm like oh no that's such a prissy move and then i'm like i feel like it's way less needed now it is but at the same time you know there's so many kevins out there in hollywood itself and it's like how do i stand out how do i make myself down but then i you know you go through the dilemma of like if i choose my mom's last name which is even more hispanic than my dad's last name and pronouncing it like are people doing the auditions are they even going to look at my name and say yeah we can give this guy a shot for the caucasian character Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. at least with you know escudero it sounds semi italian i guess (laughs) how many italians have you played in your life kevin um none but i've been confused for italian Especially, I imagine when you, when you were in upstate. No, out here mostly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah. Out here, like I've gotten Armenian, Chilean, Italian, Middle Eastern, Arab, and they're like, "What are you?" And I'm like, "Oh, I'm Puerto Rican from you know small island." They're like, "You don't look it." Thanks. Thank you. Which is funny because around here, it's like, "Oh yeah, that guy he's Puerto Rican." Like, yeah, <laughs> it's like no question. Yeah. You're, you're definitely Puerto Rican. Like, if you say you're Cuban or Mexican, we're like, are you really? You're you're in the wrong state, buddy. <laughs> but yeah, so that's pretty much like Los Angeles in a nutshell. It's crazy. I love it every day, though. Like, I wake up, traffic is hell, but it's just like, I don't know. I feel now more at peace than when I started out here. And I think it was just because it was such, there was a break. Like, I had to, like, break from being nurtured at home to like being on my own it was like scary but like it's it's at peace now where I'm like I'm happy where I am it's not where I expect it to be in my five-year you know California plan but like you live and learn every every mistake is an opportunity to grow and I've made a lot of them out here but growing learning living well, we we uh, look forward to sharing in 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 the rest of your career, and it, it sounds like uh, maybe uh, you could be could be going somewhere once we get this movie uh, edited and thrown together. What's the what's the title of the film? Does it have a title? Is it a working title as of now? No, the actual title is called Norjack. Norjack. Okay. Yeah, I can't say much else. Because... <laughs> 
Oh man, I was hoping for some tea. I we don't, don't hurt yourself. Don't hurt yourself. Don't get yourself. In yeah, trouble. you don't have the clout to survive. Uh... No, I don't. I'm like, no, please don't. You're not Tom Holland. You're not Spider Man yet. Trailer. Yeah. The trailer dropped. <laughs> he was like, share it. Please don't talk about it yet. It's not finished. Well, there's a trailer. Yeah, I, sh- send us that trailer and we'll put it. In yeah, I think I can. posted it. Oh, all, right. all right. Oh, thanks. But yeah, so there was a trailer when the poster came out. What do you think? We just brought you on to talk to you? No, 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 no. no we're going to promote your work. How dare you? <laughs> I thought you guys missed me. I mean, we do. We do. But uh, promoting promoting the arts through our friends is, is oh, really that's awesome. what it's all about. All right. That's yeah. So, so cool. we'll, we'll definitely uh, shoot, put a link in the description. Yeah. Give us your social media so we can try to get you closer to 10,000. Go ahead and uh, follow Kevin if that's if the listeners that are listening don't already follow you. Uh, <laughs> I will unfollow and then refollow again. That doesn't help, but thanks for trying. Exactly. <laughs> Kevin, thank you so much for talking to us and um, catching up. I'm sure um, we'll have you on again for the next movie. Whenever. And who knows, maybe... Um, Maybe maybe one day you'll find those coattails we're all supposed to ride out to West Coast with you on and, and we can all be in a project together. <laughs> come on, man. One of us has got to do it, right? Seriously, the chances of one of us making it, come on. I'm trying. I am trying hard. Maybe I'll just go the movie, the, the cliche and just sell myself. <laughs> just get some face tattoos. It'll be fine. Exactly. What the? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. And um, we really appreciate you coming on. And to the listeners... You know, full episode of the guest. Tell us how you liked it. Um, should we do it more often? Uh, we've done it before, but um, let us know. Uh, hit us up on Facebook, www.facebook.com slash active listeners pod. Also, check us out on the Twitters at act list pod. And of course, you can always find us on the dreaded uh, super future TikTok, all the other places that you can find us electronically so that you can join in on the conversation. Peace. If you like what you hear leave us a rating and if you really like what you hear and you want to support the show go to patreon.com slash active listeners pod and become a patron our theme music it's a trap was created by remodel thanks for listening <laughs>